Welcome to How Soccer Explains Leadership. I'm Phil Dark, your host, and I hope that you and your family had a fantastic Christmas last week, and I hope that you're preparing for the new year to begin and to ring in 2021. You know, again, this week we have a something a little different for you. You know, we are going to, just as last week we introduced to you the Coaching Character Podcast Episode 1, where you learned about the show and you met Coach Rosler, my co-host in that show. This week we're going to give you the second episode of that uh, new podcast. And the reason we're doing that, like I said last week, is to introduce to you this great new show, which I have no doubt that you will enjoy the conversation that I'm able to have with Coach Roz. In this episode, it's actually similar to the episodes that we have here on How Soccer Explains Leadership in that it is an interview with a man named Harrison Phillips. He is a defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills and a fantastic young man. So I have no doubt you're going to enjoy this episode, um, this interview, what you're going to learn from Harrison, and really just give you an idea of the Coaching Character Podcast. Uh, If you really like it, you can go ahead and subscribe to Coaching Character as you do to who as you hopefully have done, to How Soccer Explains Leadership, really. And if you haven't done so for How Soccer Explains Leadership, I do encourage you to do that right wherever you're listening to this. Just click on that subscribe button. Um, but if you really like how, uh, coaching character, you can learn more about it at theplaymakers.org. You can also subscribe to it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you find your podcasts. So... Um, Right, the last thing I want to mention to you, I want to remind you, as I said, subscribe, but also join the How Soccer Explains Leadership Facebook group if you want to go deeper in the conversation that we've been having on How Soccer Explains Leadership. I want to thank you for being a part of this show. I want to thank you for your downloads um, and thank you for just your engagement. And I do hope that if you have any guests that you think we should uh, connect with, send them my way. Uh, info at howsoccerexplainsleadership.com. Drop me an email. Give me feedback there too because I really do appreciate that. Um, you can rate and review the show as well. Uh, as we kick off 2021, we're going to have um, some, we're going to continue the great new content from How Soccer Explains Leadership. And I have a few surprises for you in the first few weeks of the year. I uh, look forward to sharing those with you as well. So, again, I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you're preparing for a great new year. And I hope that you really enjoy this second episode, the special edition of How Soccer Explains Leadership, the second episode of the Coaching Character Podcast. Thank you very much again for being a part of this show. I want to wish you a very, very happy new year. And now I want to introduce to you again the Coaching Character Podcast. Welcome to the Coaching Character Podcast, where we coach coaches to coach character. Here are your hosts, Coach Roz and Phil Dark. Well, hey, let's get started, Phil. You know how excited I am about this. I've talked about uh, Harrison. Uh, it's all I talk about around here, and and we've got him with us. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna learn what a special man he is, and. Uh, 
So uh, let's get going. Yeah, I'm very excited for the first interview here on the Coaching Character Podcast. And and from what I've from what I've read and from what I've heard, uh, Harrison, you're a pretty special guy. So I'm looking forward to our audience getting to know you. And hopefully this will be the first of many uh, appearances you're making on this show. So uh, Harrison Phillips, you are currently playing with the Buffalo Bills. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, you know, other than that, I'm sure there's a whole lot more to you than playing for the Buffalo Bills um, from what I've read, from what I've heard. And, you know, I mean, one of the things I know about you is you're one of the few men that I've ever seen that makes Coach Roz look small. You make him like you'd probably make me look like a little lollipop kid because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit shorter than, than Greg. And you're like, I don't know, you must be seven foot three. But anyway... With that, I'd just love to hear a little bit and share with our uh, share with our audience, you know, just who you are and just a little bit of your story and how you got to be um, on this show as you're a playing football, talking about coaching, character. You know, why the heck are we talking to you right now? Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic question. I don't know if we have enough time on the podcast uh, for me to get all the way into it. I guess Greg likes to t- give me a, a, a hard time sometimes for how big my head might get at some point. So, um, but uh, I mean, long story short, we had a very fortunate upbringing with a, a village that poured into me and supported me in every way that I could. Uh, but I saw enough struggles and went through enough shortcomings and, and uh, adversity and trials and tribulations through um, whether it be injury, whether it be, you know, not making varsity, uh, maybe my, my dad losing his job a handful of times and the financial instability that came with that. Um, but uh, you know, got myself to, to Stanford because, uh, you know, academics were instilled in me. Like I said, this great village of different people. There was a teacher here, my, my mom, my dad, my sister. Again, some of the best role models I had were coaches uh, to help push me and mold me. And uh, I think the, the biggest, most instilled thing into me was, you know, to hard work. And I know that's like a, a cliche that everybody says, but I really do mean that to a T. Um, and I mean, when you read about it in the book that Greg and I wrote together, you know, there's a, a few references I make in there about, um, you know, how that if I had to pinpoint it on anything, it would, it would definitely be back to, to hard work or dedication. Um, but uh, yeah, went to Stanford, uh, excelled there on and off the field, uh, graduated early with a double major, an honor and a minor, and then was blessed enough to be drafted uh, to Buffalo in 2018. Um, going on my third season this year and, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a blessing to, to look back now that I'm a little more older, a little more mature and take time to actually smell the roses while I'm, while I'm here now, not knowing how long this NFL journey couldn't last. Um, but also appreciating the things that got me here, whether, you know, how thick or thin they were, obviously I had an injury I had to overcome a couple injuries I had to overcome. Um, but, uh, I, you know, Anytime that uh, Greg and I have gotten together, a lot of great work has been done. I mean, you can see it in the now thousands of kids' lives that we've affected in a positive way. And, um, you know, it's great that we are starting to get more and more things like this. You know, we was started with just a volunteer uh, football camp that, that I went and served at with some high school kids is now transformed into books and podcasts and uh nationwide uh football uh camps and work with kids with developmental differences and special needs and so um if anything you know a story about me is a story about relationships um and a story about hard work a story about faith 
And um, I just think the like the culmination of of doing the right thing, um, you know, good things will happen. I absolutely love that. Um, I love a couple things about this. One one of the things you can probably see on the video if you're watching video. It's like I'm sitting across a table from a proud dad, first of all. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, the second thing is, I love how you said it's all about relationships, right? Like, and I, I remember reading in the book about a couple relationships that you made in junior high. Um, you currently work, as we talk about the book, we kept been talking about this book and it's beyond coaching. And, and Harrison, I know you have a, a copy of it there. You want to hold that up for those watching on the video. If you're not watching on the video, um, you can pick up this. Where can you pick up this book, Coach? You can get that on Amazon. Okay. So Amazon, Beyond Coaching, Coach Roz, Harrison Phillips, just Google them. You can also Google Donna uh, Miesbach. Miesbach. Miesbach, you know, because she's she's as much on that. Uh, from what I've heard, she's kind of the, 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 the brains behind the whole project. So, um, but uh, one of the things you talked about was in junior high, you, you were needing a lunch table one day. And uh, you you start you struck up a friendship with a couple couple guys. Can you can you share that story? Just uh, give a little bit of uh, insight into who you are. Yeah, well, you know, in, in our middle school, um, fairly, fairly large middle school, I think we had about six hundred kids in the middle school, and um, you know, big giant lunchroom, and just had like four very long tables. And so, you know, if you went and sat at a certain section of the table, you really only got to be with about three or four people on your side and three or four people across. And, you know, we kind of had our normal click of the football guys. We all played either for, for the middle school or for the club football. Um, and that's what we had in common. Again, most of our relationships are sports driven, but you know, there was a day that all the seats were kind of taken up. So maybe you'd go to, Oh, I have class with those, uh, that group of kids. I'll go sit over there, you know, whatever it is. Um, but there was always a bunch of open spots next to the class that works with our kids with special needs in my middle school. And, um, I have had already, you know, had struck in some relationships with, uh, these kids with these developmental differences and special needs through my mom's stay at home daycare. And so I was very comfortable and, and really appreciated a lot of those relationships I had. They were great friendships of mine. And, um, so I just sat down at the table um, kind of awestruck the the teacher and the paras that were that were working there at the time. I was like a well known athlete in the school, and uh, sat down and started to get to know some of uh, some of my buddies. And so those relationships grew into uh, going to home, maybe inviting them to my homecoming parties and then proms and things like that. So, yeah, I love that. That was just something that really, as I as I said to to coach right after that, I just said that that told me a lot about you in junior high. That's really the time, you know, probably the most, one of the most awkward time for, for dudes and, and young women. Just, you're not really going and trying to, to make yourself stick out for not doing something cool, right? But from what I could tell, just from the way you told the story, the way the story panned out is just you were hanging out with people, right? And that's, that's what I've seen with how you're coaching, how you're doing this. It's not seeing them as different, not seeing them as their this or that or the other thing. It's just, these are people that, uh, that God's put me in front of. Is that, is that right? I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of how I read it. Yeah. And absolutely, you know, you can put me in front of anybody and I feel like I can get something from that relationship. I mean, you, if, if I were going to sit down with a, uh, an hour interview with somebody from death row, I bet I'd still learn something and gain something positive from that relationship and that, that, that idea. I know that's very extreme, but that, that's the way I look at these relationships. And again, 
when I think about some of the extremely remarkable um, values that are instilled in me and some of the ones that I'm still working for, maybe insecure that I don't have enough of, a lot of times that's what our playmakers are some of their strengths. And so if there's something that you want to work on, you know, surround yourself with people who are, who excel in that, those categories. And so, um, you know, things like having a positive attitude, um, always looking at, you know, things as the glass ha uh, half full, as opposed to half empty, doing things with a smile on your face and then the courage to try, try new things. And, uh, you know, to, to make other people feel comfortable, to empathize with others, you know, things that I might not be as good as I, I, I use the relationships I have with our playmakers and these kids because it's some of their biggest strengths. And so um, I'm not good at some things that they're good at. Maybe they they don't excel at some things that I excel at. And so our relationship works together is we can compensate one another. If I can pile on to a couple of the Harrison stories, yes. um, you know, oftentimes people will say, is an athlete really the guy that we see when the camera is rolling? And I'm going to share two short, quick stories with you. Harrison's senior year, he got to play in the Shrine game, which is really a privilege mm -hmm. for a college athlete. And I called him up and I said, hey, so tell me how the Shrine, how was all of that? And the truth is, correct me if I'm wrong, Harrison, he, he was kind of frustrated because he wanted to spend more time he didn't want picture ops with the kids. He wanted to spend more time in the hospital. And so it was more, it was kind of a frustrating experience for him, if I remember the story correctly. And then the second thing is I got to go back to Buffalo um, and he took me immediately to the kids' hospital and Harrison could run for mayor in Buffalo right now. And the people at the hospital knew him and they knew him because he has been there many, many times before. And to go even further with that, Harrison goes into, and, and I hope you'll elaborate on this a little bit, Harrison, there's places in the hospital, that kid's hospital, that is not photo-friendly and not part of the visitor's tour, and that's where he wants to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, that so... You know, is is he the guy that you see when the camera's not rolling? We could do fifty podcasts on Harrison stories, right. but talk about the hospital stuff a little bit, would you, Harrison? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the things that I was first getting my niche here in Buffalo. It's hard. There's so many different organizations. Do you want to partner with the Boys and Girls Club, with Special Olympics, with just go to a school and mentor kids? And that's kind of what I first did is was going to some some elementary schools in Air City, Buffalo, trying to talk to some kids, and then. I went over to Oshai Children's Hospital, which is under Kaleida Health here in Buffalo, a huge healthcare chain up here. Um, and within my first visit, you know, within two halls, I'm like, okay, this is the place I'm going to go. Um, every off day, every evening in the OTAs, anytime I have free time, you know, my girlfriend wasn't up here. Some guys were busy. So I just drive up to the hospital, shoot him a text and say, hey, I'm coming. And so we ended up calculating it. And then it, it was like I was going every other week for like two years straight. I was up there you know, over 50 times in a couple, in a year or whatever. And so um, loved our relationship up there and had, had different floors that I really appreciated going to. And sometimes other players would come with me, which was great. Um, and then I reached out, you know, and, and they were like, hey, you know, you've been coming in here so much. Um, you know, we want to tell you about another place that we, we work with called High Point. And so this is an offsite place that, takes over the lower floor of the retirement home about a mile away from the hospital. And I don't want to get emotional because I, I, I do tear up every time that I think about the, the, the kids here, but long story short, it's a place where kids with uh, genetic 
diseases and mutations and just, you know, God awful um, diseases from birth, birth defects, um, whose families don't really want them. And it's the only area in the, um, it's the only center in the area that have uh, trach units. So most of the children have to be trached um, are on ventilators 24 seven um, and need 24 seven surveillance. So when you have a family who is a single mother and can't afford an at home caregiver, uh, as much as she would like to come visit this child, she has to work all day and maybe a second job, maybe has other kids at home that aren't fetal alcohol syndrome or don't have this disease or this. And so, um, you know, I'd go in and, and meet with this beautiful, um, four year old girl and, uh, and Gloria and we'd sit and I read her a book and hold her hand. And, um, like, so is Gloria's or, uh, you know, so, so's, uh, family come in. And they said, oh, you know, they haven't been able to come in for over a year. They haven't seen their family in two years. Um, it was just a devastating uh, place. And it's, it's heartbreaking that, you know, places like that exist. Um, but I'm so thankful that I, I was able to get out of my way and find a place like that. We've done some great work with them. Our playmakers here sponsored an entire toy drive with three, 400 different Christmas toys that we got to bring. Our playmakers wrote them each individualized um, Christmas cards with their names on it, addressed to them. We got to go and help unwrap the presents to them and everything. And so um, that's a place that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but, you know, as well as just visiting the normal uh, hospital, some of the best visits I have are when somebody's in there with a broken arm for the day. And, you know, he's just telling me how he was riding his bike and fell off or whatever. But anytime you can make someone's day, um, you know, especially in the position that I am or we are as, as professional football players, like find a way to bless others. Yeah, that's, as you said, Roz, I'm sure we could spend 50 episodes <laughs> talking about Harrison's stories, but uh, we're not going to do that, folks, today. So, um, but what we are going to do now is we're going to just kind of shift gears a little bit. And uh, I will say, first of all, though, that that's, it's just so encouraging to me. Your, your, your life, your, what you've done so far in your short life. Um, and I can say that because I think I'm double your age at this point, which makes me feel really old, but, um, he's double your height, but, uh, I'm not, at least I'm not as old as Roz. <laughs> well, he's pretty much, yeah, I know he's double my height. There's no question about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I'm pretty short and stocky. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stuck. People can't believe how much I weigh. So that's, that, that's a conversation for another day. I'm working on it, but, um, but anyway, what we're going to talk about now is how you're, uh, similar to Michael Jordan. So, um, which is, uh, you, you got, uh, you didn't make your freshman football team, right? So I think that's the story we keep talking about with, uh, with, uh, Jordan, not we, but uh, you here, you know, he didn't make his freshman basketball team. Right. So, but that, you know, we're not necessarily talking about that except how it has to do with your coaches. Right. And your the fact that this is the coaching character podcast, right? So we, we wanted to, people to get to know you, especially since you're going to be, hopefully, like I said, you're going to be able to be a part of this podcast further than just this episode. But one of the things you talk about in the book is really the difference that you've seen in your, you know, in your history of playing for lots of different coaches, the differences between the bad and the good coaches, right? And, and what, what have you seen distinguishes those, you know, the, the two groups, so to speak? And obviously there's different, it's not like there's bad and good, but what are the qualities that you've seen in bad coaches and the qualities that you, that you don't want to necessarily emulate and qualities you've seen in good coaches that you do want to emulate? And, you know, how has that uh, really impacted your, you know, your journey in sport? 
Yeah, you know, that's such a, a loaded question because it's so hard to unpack fully, right? And I think that's why we can, we, we can do hours and hours of podcasts like this. We can do clinics and, and we need you to come for hours for us to kind of really elaborate on that. But the long story short is um, the best year, the most fun I've ever had in my entire life playing sports was on my peewee football team that went 0-9. And there was about, I think there was only two games that we scored a touchdown. So, you know, that goes to show you that winning really isn't, isn't everything. Now, in my position and nowadays, winning is everything. So it's a little bit different when it becomes your career. But when we're talking about the majority, the million of high school football players, the millions of, high, uh, of middle school athletes, um, you know, that, that was a huge takeaway when I look back at all the teams I've been on, the wrestling success that I've had, uh, you know, state qualifying um, uh, football teams in high school, track, baseball, soccer, any of my sports. I had a lot of success in lots of them. But if I think about my favorite sports season, it was on a team that never won a game. And so I think that speaks a lot to the coach that I had at that time and how much he, um, you know, preached still fundamentals of the game. Fundam you, you can make fundamentals as fun as you want. Anytime a fat guy gets to go catch a football, that's fun. You know, and that's the fundamentals of football, right? Catching, throwing, tackling. Um, so I, I think there's a lot with that. When it, when it goes into coaching, I know you, you brought up, a, you know, the last time we spoke about the difference between hedgehogs and foxes. And I think that that's a good analogy with coaches. And some of the coaches that I would label as, as, as bad or didn't really mesh with me um, approached every, every player through the same lens. You know, maybe they had a kid, you know, let's say you got a 65-year-old coach. And when he was 35, one of his high school players went Division One and ended up playing in the NFL. Well, what, what happened, how you coached him 30 years ago, because you got that one kid to the NFL, you can't follow that mold and that model for all thousands of kids that you're going to work with ever since. And it, it, it's especially true working with female athletes. Um, and so when you think about, um, you know, th there's some guys that you have to be hard on. There's somebody, when they work out, you have to watch them and count that they're going to do all 10 reps that is on the card for them to do. And then there's athletes that you don't have to worry about at all. They can be in a corner. Maybe the biggest thing for you is to tell them that they, they're good enough. They, they can pull, pull back a little bit. So it, it's a really, it's kind of like teachers, a very undervalued job because there's so much that goes into it. And, um, you know, Coach Roz, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, teachers teach until the time runs out. Coaches coach until the skill is learned. And I think that that's a, a, a perfect a uh, quote for any of the good coaches that I have. They were willing to stay after or go before. Um, and when I talked about the head, you know, the hedgehog sees all the things through, through that one lens. And so that one guy that made it was because they pushed him super hard and made him run agility bags before practice. Well, that's all that their kids are going to do before practice. And then you got foxes, which kind of see things through different lenses and, and, and see things holistically. So when they look at an athlete, and, you know, I always speak football because that's the way I am, you know, if, if I'm having two bad games in a row, you know, a hedgehog says, well, we got to run them. We need to run gassers after practice because they're not conditioned. Well, the fox says, hey, didn't Harrison just break up with his girlfriend? You know, or did, did Harrison's dad just lose his job? What, what are so, how's Harrison, did Harrison just do bad on a test? Did he find out his ACT score wasn't what he thought it was going to be? You know, foxes are able to see, you know, the bigger picture of things, the mental, the physical, the emotional, and, and adapt for each player. And that's hard when you have a hundred guys on a football team. And that's why coaching should be a more valued 
a, a way more valued position. And when you, you know, with some of the coaches who I anticipate coming to clinics that we might have, or, or want to listen to Greg and I speak, like, I can't tell you it's not important to win football games. What coach wants to say, Hey, well, I'm going to be fired if I don't win football games. Like there, there is a way to do that. I don't think we have time to go into it right now, but just to answer your question most blandly, those are some examples of good and bad coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what you're saying here, and this is what I try to do, I, Greg didn't uh, tell, we haven't talked to you about this yet, but I, I actually coach high school girls soccer, so when you're saying that, especially with females, that resonates with me, right? But I think what you're saying here, and I also have three daughters, so that, that really resonates with me when I know i got to understand things that I don't necessarily understand naturally. But the idea of really studying your players and knowing them, knowing their personalities, knowing how they're wired, knowing what they're going through. Even when you were talking about the um, earlier, when you were talking about the camps as you go in and you know that they have about, you know, maybe you have a more positive attitude than you're necessarily wired for, or they have other skill sets that you were talking about knowing that about them, right? So is that part of what you're saying here is that you're studying the, the, your players, you're knowing them, and you're able to kind of individualize your, your coaching in the context of obviously practices that are more general. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. And one of the examples is, um, you know, we have, we have a, a track coach, um, where I grew up and he would coach the men and the women and some of our, myself, as well as other, uh, male, you know, high school track runners loved him favorite coach of all time. And there's females. He, he coached everyone the same way. Females who, who cried having to come, you know, having their parents come in and talking to the principals about, you know, the, the same coaching styles that you are getting, but for two completely different people. And so, um, yeah, I think what you you summarized it very well. Greg, any thoughts on that? Follow up on that? You know, just um, and again, you're you uh, you hit it right when you said I'm sitting here like a proud dad. Um, Harrison is just so mature beyond his years. Uh, the influence that he has, the position that he has, and 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 what a thinker he is. You know, a combination of a thinker with a huge heart uh, is just. Uh, is just amazing, and uh, and as uh, as as the three of us are talking, and you're involved with orphan care, and Harrison cares deeply about uh, about foster kids, and this it just I I just I'm obviously I'm fumbling for words in just thinking about what the potential is when we've got somebody like uh, like this, and imagine if there's if there's others like him, if he if he grows others. That's a, that's a long answer to, uh, to the question. Well, you're dreaming over there, which is what you do <laughs> yeah. really well. Yeah. So, and that's awesome because I think that's really what, what it does take as you talk about in here. I mean, I can tell you're a dreamer too, not like in a la la land dreamer, but a dreamer of, you know what, if we just take people who care, people who love well, and we work together, think of the impact we can have, think of the influence we could have. And if coaches see themselves as a conduit of transformation and a conduit of, of real, you know, of, of flourishing, not just on the field, um, but uh, flourishing of their players in life, um, that, that changes everything. So on that note, one of the things you said in here, a quote that I, I, I loved, it says, um, my story is different because the better coaches I had didn't push me. Most of the time they pulled me back or slowed me down. 
Can you uh, explain what you meant by that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, having, having a big heart has been an extreme blessing in my life because it's been the leading passion behind a lot of the work that I do and the driving motivator to want to serve and go in the community and visit hospitals, you go to the vet, work with the VA, work with our kids, plan the events. I mean, it's like, I mean, I really feel like I have two jobs sometimes, you know, a lot of NFL football players don't get this involved in the community because you have an NFL job to, to take care of. And so, um, you know, I think that's been the biggest blessing about having a big heart. But one of the negative sides of that is that you wear your emotions on your sleeve oftentimes. And so, um, you know, I get so emotional in, in, in my work and, you know, so much passion behind what I do. And sometimes that has identity issues, you know, that I, I root myself as an athlete, but um, also just like the, the way I work, you know, there were times that with some of the trainers I had or some of the coaches that I, I would, you know, I would get so upset with myself if I didn't believe I was working the hardest. If somebody stayed after practice later than I did, that would, that, that would sit on, like, I, I couldn't go to sleep that night or I'd want to throw up thinking that somebody was out working me. And then, I, you know, I'd think about a wrestling opponent and right now he's doing this and I'm, you know, he, he's, I'm eating a bag of chips and he's working out right now. It just constantly was like, you know, 24 seven. I'm just worried because I'm so passionate about it is that some of the coaches who ended up like, you know, pulling me aside and slowing me back and teaching me about recovery or teaching me about, um, you know, the mental side of, of confidence and what that can play in, in your game. And um, I, I just appreciated, you know, I mentioned before, you know, I, I'm not really one of those guys who needs the motivation. You know, I don't need a, a yeller screaming at me to go hard. I'll find it internally. Um, and so when a coach is doing that to me, that's their way to motivate. That's this is not the way that I'm motivated. Um, and so, you know, the way that some coaches got unique with motivating me was more of like, a, I trust you. Like, you've got it. I believe in you. I, I, be, I believe in you. You're okay with where you are. Like, slow down. Don't overthink things. You can play free in my system. You, you, you know, we love you. Our, our unconditional love for you is so great that you can be free in whatever you do. I love you enough that you can make mistakes. Those types of things instead of constantly worrying to try to be perfect because your coach is screaming down your neck. To to pile on to to the answer as as I've observed Harrison, I got to go back to Buffalo for a thing called my my cleats for my cause, and I got to meet one of the uh, one of the Buffalo Bills administrators, wonderful guy, and and he was and I he was telling me about Harrison, and he said he's a rookie, and we have to dial him back because he's so involved in so many things. Harrison is such a unique human in that he processes things quickly differently he can't leave things on the table if 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 there's an assignment that he has to do it, it's just amazing the the pace that he runs at um, and one of the things that you said early in your answer I mean you're horrible Harry and you're six foot four and you're 305 pounds you broke the NFL bench press record He's a stud bolt, and yet he's an emotional guy. He'll cry like two women watching Steel Magnolias. He wears his sleeve, his heart on his sleeve, and that's what I love about him. We sit and we brainstorm together, and we're crying and sniveling and and uh, and having a blast together. I do not want to watch Steel Magnolias with you. I'm just <laughs> going to tell you that right now. If you ask, you know the answer. 
I, I think you aged yourself because I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> 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 two, two. Uh, you and I are going to watch Steel Magnolias. That's oh, going to be an assignment. Man, oh man! No, you don't need to do that. You do not need to do that. So, um, with that, I think not, the total. There's no way we could absolutely no way we could transition off of Steel Magnolias to the next topic with a good segue. So we're just gonna you know just own that and move on. To, I just want to hear, we're going to wrap this up here in the next few minutes, but I just want to hear from you because, again, we're going to get more of you. And if you want more of these stories, if you want to go deeper into these things that Harrison was talking about, you can pick up that book. And I encourage you to pick up that book. If you're listening to this podcast, I can say this because I didn't have anything to do with that book, um, except I just read it. But uh, you definitely want to pick up Beyond Coaching. If you're listening to this podcast, that's something that will help you. And it was something that will encourage you. It was something that will challenge you. And you can read more about what Harrison was just talking about as well as some of the things that, that Roz has there, as well as different things you can learn ways to get in deeper involved and have uh, the playmakers really get involved with helping you to, to incorporate these things and principles that we're talking about into your coaching. But with that, uh, Harrison, what, what are your dreams for Harrison's Playmakers? What are your dreams for Playmakers as a whole and for other um, of your fellow NFL players, other professional athletes, just, I know you have a big vision for this. What are your dreams for it? I mean, I think, you know, if we're trying to be like goal oriented and outcome oriented, I would say, um, you know, I would like to, to run the largest group of camps that works with the kids with developmental differences and special needs. I don't know if, you know, if that's by headcount numbers, you know, I know before this COVID stuff, we were, we were going to, work with over a thousand kids this summer alone. Um, and you know, if we can grow, I, I worked with the special Olympics here in Buffalo. Uh, actually it was a, a New York, all of New York special Olympics. And there was 900 athletes there alone. And so if we could grow Omaha, uh, Buffalo, uh, California, Sacramento area, if we could get, you know, three camps of a thousand people, you know, to have to do a three day camp back to back to back in, in each city, because there's so many kids, I think that would be the dream. And, you know, obviously all, all cost free, all, you know, all, all hundred percent free. Um, and that's just the foot in the door so that, you know, as many of those kids that can keep showing up at these events, we've had, you know, uh, I think that 10 events in Buffalo in the last two years and that's with COVID. So we're you know trying to do five to six events a year in each city at pretty much every other month, you do a big event, kickball game, football camp, drive in movie theater, whatever it is. Um, and so I think that's, that's probably the you know, big picture for me. And then more than just the, the relationship of having kids come out and do a cool camp, the, 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 the thing on the back burner of all this is now we get to show these kids, and I mentioned it earlier, how we all have our own strengths, we all have our own weaknesses. Some of the best uh, um, qualities that the kids that we work with have bestowed upon me is the desire to want to help others and to serve. And that's a huge key component to what we are. We pay it forward and we give back. And so to help uh, show the, the, the kids that we work with that I am, you know, I'm an NFL football player, I'm a playmaker, and I'm giving back. Let me show you how you can give back. You know, teaching, every time we speak in front of these kids, we talk about the smallest things, holding a door open, opening a door for someone, you know, uh, helping somebody with their groceries, the smallest little things that, that go the extra mile. Um, and these kids want to get involved. They want to serve. And so... Um, you know, big picture. I hope that we have playmakers all over the world that are serving others, getting jobs, um, and, and helping our community overall. So here's going to be my goodbye 
last question um, before. Uh, here it is. Harrison, with all of the resources that you have and and the people that you're touching, you absolutely could have your own foundation, be doing everything yourself. Why Playmakers? Well, I mean, the, the book kind of talks about that, but it, it just struck so or organically. And as sad as it is in, in my position, if you're a Division One football player, if you're an NFL football player, you got so many people reaching at you, you don't know which ones are right. And for some reason, uh, as a skinny 18-year-old, didn't know anything, I decided to take a leap of faith. God called me, and, and, and I took a trip up with Coach Roz, and I found genuine people. And so to start this with, with you and to see the growth that we've had together, I mean, it's shared success. That's why I like football more than I like wrestling. It's because it's a team sport. You get to celebrate other people's success as well. And so the fact that we can grow and the, the values that you had and, and instilled in me earlier when we first started meeting and the work that you were doing with the kids, I was like, look at how much, this, how hard this guy's working by himself. You know, with the platform that I helped to have, this thing can, can catch on like wildfire. And so um, that was a big reason that I stayed working with the Playmakers and loved all my trips up to the Sacramento Folsom area, all the people that we got to meet up at the church or uh, any of the, the camps that we were doing. I mean, everybody I met up there were fantastic. I miss a lot of those guys too. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, you always help the people that helped you. And this was, um, you know, I, it, you just have to say it was kind of God sent, you know, bigger, bigger than us. Thanks. And this is as close, close as you're ever going to get to a quarterback. So we're not going to, you know, th that uh, pregnant pause was there for a reason. Um, we're not going to get to that uh, conversation. We'll have that offline. I'll let you guys um, take that up on your own. But I will say, you know, one of the things that I heard you talking about, you, you threw out some numbers there, but what I heard and what I've read and what I know just hearing from Roz about you is it's not about the numbers. It's about the transformation of the individuals. Is that, is that safe assumption? Yeah. And that's why, you know, it, our football camps are fantastic because they make for unbelievable content and they make great awareness. But the truth is that at, at our camp, when I had 250 kids, I wasn't able to pull each one of, uh, and, and have a genuine conversation and teach. But when I do my smaller events, we have 30 or 40 kids come to a gathering, or whatever. Those relationships are the, you know, the longer lasting ones. So you definitely want to go for quality over quantity. But when you said dream big, I'd like, I'd like to have 3,000 players that I FaceTime every day. But what I'm going to encourage you is there's only one Harrison, but there's a Harrison that can multiply Harrison. Okay, and you have an opportunity to inspire because you're an inspirational dude. And I will tell you right now that you can, you can build up a team like Roz has done with you, and I know Roz is working on doing as well. And between the two of you and others, as you get more and more on your team, you're going to be able to do those 20, 30-person ones. You're going to be able to do 130,000 people ones with four or five or 10 guys out there to be able to do it. And all of a sudden, you're going to have this multiplication effect that's going to be amazing. And I just can't wait to see it because I can tell you right now um, between what I know about Roz and, again, what he's told me about you and what I've read about you, and this isn't about a rah-rah session, as I said earlier, but I will tell you that this is the type of stuff, folks, those of you listening out there, this is the type of stuff that this, this mentality of it's more than us, it's bigger than us. These kids are on our team for a reason. 
And yes, this season matters, and I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but what happens with these kids and with these young adults in your, in your situation right now in the future is what's going to really transform society, what's going to transform their lives. And when you have an eternal perspective, it, it will transform eternity, right? So um, I just want to encourage you with that. And I just want to hear any thoughts you have, Harrison, any encouragement you have for people listening. And again, this isn't the last time we're going to be talking with you, but as we wrap this episode up, anything else you got to add? I mean, I think... Uh... I mean, this, this is very productive. I think one thing in the book that's probably my favorite, it's my favorite quote. I say it everywhere, everywhere, but just for the listeners, um, you know, my favorite quote is, you know, if you reach for the stars and you only get the clouds, you're still higher than everyone else. And so I think that that's been, you know, a reason that Greg and I have been very successful, always thinking, you know, way out there. And, you know, if we want to have a camp for a thousand people in 50 states, well, we're probably not going to accomplish that. But if we have a camp for 500 people in 25 states, we've sure done a lot. So um, that, that's kind of what's got me to here. Harrison, give a, give a, how can everybody follow you on social media? You're a social media guy and you respond to just about everybody. How do you want them to follow you? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you just, uh, I'm verified on, on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you type in Harrison Phillips, it should pop up first, but I think I'm Harrison Phillips 99 on Instagram, horrible Harry 99 on Twitter and just Harrison Phillips on Facebook. But like coach said, um, you know, I, I do like to interact with people who have genuine questions and want to get involved. So um, if, if you guys uh, DM me, I normally will apply. If you just Google Harrison Phillips and, and you find him on those different places, he's the really big guy that plays for the bills. So if you see that picture, that that's Harrison. Um, there's probably some fake accounts out there, but you know, just look for the verified, as he says. I think it's a check or something. I don't know. I don't know all that stuff very well. But get, get, last, a, get after Patrick Mahomes this week. Have a uh, have a great game. I can't wait to see you. And you know, I love you. And thanks again, Harrison, for uh, for being with us, for taking the time. Thanks for your heart. Thanks for your encouragement. Thanks for your inspiration to so many. And uh, folks out there, I just, I do hope that you take all that you learned today, what you learned the last episode and hopefully all future episodes, and you, you use all these things to help you to coach the character and to build the, the foundation for flourishing for your, your kids um, and all your players. So with all that. Thank you guys for listening. And have a great week. Thank you.